Is there any point to the WTC final? Was the shot on from Virat Kohli? Will Rahane never be dropped again? Is the IPL at fault? Should this have been a three-match series? Why was Ashwin dropped? Is Rahul Ravid to blame? Did Rohit Sharma fall short tactically? Should we tear all of this down and rebuild it again? What do I tell my three friends who DM'd me on the fifth day after India lost and after Manchester City won the treble, saying that they want to quit cricket and football to start following the NBA? Or maybe, just maybe, Australia were the better team. Welcome to the Stump My Podcast a few days after India lost to Pat Cummins' side in the World Test Championship Final. The dust has finally settled on what was an Ashes warm-up game. And uh, everyone from my neighbour to Sachin Tendulkar was asking tough questions from the Indian men's team. I'm your host Kaustub and joining me either to pile on or to chart a way forward for this team are Sid Monga and Vishal Dixit. Before we get things started, uh, I just wanted to ask which side are you guys on? Are you guys going to pile on or are you going to pose questions? There were so many questions you asked in Ricky Ponting style. 10 questions in one breath. So it's difficult to say what one answer is. I actually, you know, uh, after I did Chad Gable's thank you last time, I wanted to start with Cody Rhodes and ask you, so, Kosto, what do you want to talk about? But you've already, <laughs> you already said what all you want to talk about. <laughs> so, to set the record straight, uh, both of y'all are in the positive outlook camp, right? You're not going to blame the team for what has happened. You're going to instead look forward in a positive manner. What has happened? Yeah, India had lost another final match. It's a big deal. They lost one match. Oh, so you are in the one-off camp, not the tournament camp. No, so they made it to the final of this tournament twice in a row. And they lost a one-off match, which happens in England for some reason. Because I think it's a scheduling reason. Uh, this is the only window they can find for it. But it happens in England and uh, India India have beaten Australia in their last four series played between the two teams. Both at home. Two at home, two at two away. So, after that, if they lose one test, uh, I, I'm sure if you ask Justin Langer, uh, Tim Payne, Darren Lehman, Steven Smith, they would easily, they would happily take at least one of those series wins over this WTC final. They played it like an Ashes warm-up. <laughs> so, I, I, it's just a big fixation with India to win the final. But to play the devil's advocate, it was yet another ICC trophy they failed to win. The last one was 2013, 10 years across formats. Of course, it can't be put down to one captain or one coach because a lot of them keep changing and last year or last couple of years were called the year of the T20 World Cups. This year, everybody is talking about the ODI World Cup and this just happened to come in between. It's a one-off match. So, In ODIs, India have been doing well. 2017, they made the final. They came up against like a completely out of the blue performance from Pakistan where everything that could go right went right for them. 2015 they were up against a much better team at home in home conditions but India still made it to the semi-final. 2019 again India were the best team in the league stage. So India were at the top of the table and they on those on that day the conditions supported New Zealand. This happens. And then what? T20 of course yes. T20 India needs to be taken to task because India is still not playing T20. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> who is though apart from England? <laughs> who is playing T20 apart from England? Team Maybe Australia better than India. Apart from T20, I think ODIs and Tests, India have been doing much better than India have ever over this last 10-year period that you say. And I, w- if you ask me to pick any other 10-year pe- 10 10 period in Tests and ODIs, I think 
no period even comes close to how good india have been in these 10 years in tests and odis see you can say all of these things but uh, i can say that uh, this is the first time in a while where i'm seeing the backlash being quite strong uh, i remember the 2019 uh, world cup semi final where people more or less felt bad right that the team could not finish but uh, there were no calls for heads to roll right at some level be it from normal fans friends commentators like none of that was the case in 2019 there's some noise in 2021 uh but not as much because people understood the team was in transition 2022 again we made it to the semi final and this is the first time i am seeing proper backlash after a final right and it just goes to show that there's a lot more there are a lot more expectations riding on this team than before these days it's easier to like the notoriety you get for saying outrageous things on social media that incentive is much bigger it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and also it's like a it's like a a drug high you need something higher and higher every every time so it's just people people are their outrage is also getting more and more outrageous because the first one is not giving them enough high now if india lose another if india don't win another icc event this will go even worse a lot of it is to seek attention to sound different to sound outrageous and it doesn't come from understanding the competition i think it also depends on who we are talking about if it's is it just fans who are just being outrageous yet again and some of it will be understandable because everybody talks about a trophy but it depends on what exactly you are saying and on the other hand there are experts who we uh, saw whether it was ravi shastri or sunil gavaskar questioning team team selections or uh, talking about questioning uh, virat kohli's short selection rahane's short selection giving some of those wickets away as compared to let's say how ravindra jadeja got out of scott boland which was a which looked like a much better or a more wicket taking delivery so it depends who exactly we are talking about the fans you can't really play the devil's advocate against that's how they will be and there are crows of them in india somebody is saying this somebody is saying that you don't have to necessarily agree or disagree with them but you can surely uh, talk more about the experts what they are saying because they have played a lot of cricket they will they know the conditions better than us better than a lot of us so i think it's better to talk about what the experts have been saying rather than what all the fans have been talking about but there's also a responsibility on media to not you know even if india win it if india had won that to not turn them into the greatest team of all time and if they lost this match they are not suddenly become a bad team they have still made it to the final which happens over a two year cycle home tour away tour home tour away tour and india's away tours are always difficult ones this also i mean this year they got bangladesh but generally they are touring most of the time they're touring australia england south africa at the end of this year again they are going to south africa right yeah. yeah so but they've got an easier trip in west indies now where they will want to get those 120 points in two test matches or whichever the point system is nowadays <laughs> it started with 60 so <laughs> although you never know with west indies pace attack and if india take a few youngsters then of course those points can be gone as well
getting into the match, right? Did we lose the match on the first day? Like you win the toss, the conditions are great for bowling. Uh, you have Australia kind of on the run, right? They're three wickets down and somehow the sun comes out. Travis Head and Steve Smith just pummel the Indian bowling. And by the end of the day, with the total that they had on board, like India were always playing catch-up uh, right after that, despite winning the toss. There's a lot of luck here, Pratai. Both both the captains wanted to bowl. And I'm not saying that uh, if Australia had won the toss and they had bowled, they would have conceded 469. But generally, the consensus was that the conditions were not as difficult as uh, the, both the captains expected on day one. Day two, the uneven bounce got like really difficult to play. And it, it also got, the pitch also quickened a little. And then day four, morning onwards, it just started to die. It probably... You could just put it, put this toss in that good toss to lose category and Australia happened to lose it. Then what happens is, India still have them 75 for 3, right? Travis said comes in, A, India's backup polling was not that great. From Shami and Siraj to Umesh that day, the standard fell a little and they got an opportunity. But Travis said took his chances. He was slashing at everything, even... If it was not really wide, he was slashing at everything. And he got away with 54 false responses, which he has never done in any innings. And in fact, uh, Shiva found this stat. Since 2013, there have been 812 centuries scored in Test cricket. Head's control percent of 69 was the lowest of all. You cannot disregard this factor of luck. Could you explain what the control percentage statistic is? Uh, Is it... Uh, like, how do you know what uh, percentage of the time the batter is in control and like, what does that percentage kind of signify? So, anything that you are, where you are in control of your fate, right? You middle it or you go, if you're going over a fielder, you're going where there is no fielder and it's gone up the middle of the bat. Where you are in control of your fate, where the moment you lose control, like you are dependent on luck, whether this will go to hand, whether if, you know, uh, you miss it completely, you're beaten, you edge it. All those things are not in control. A good leave is in control. So, 69% is like really, generally you don't see, even on tough wickets, you don't see people scoring hundreds with less than 82-83% control. 69 is like really low. You you can say, hey, this is how he plays, but you, I have checked his uh, hundreds which are all big hundreds, there's no small hundred for Travis Head. And he has not played these many false shots in any false responses in any of his hundreds. And most of them are counter-attacking hundreds. His control percentage is such because he mostly plays, plays a counter-attacking game. So far, he has not got away with these many errors yeah. in any of his innings. This is the highest since 2013. This is the lowest control percentage for a hundred since 2013. So, he's rubbing it further into India that since you last won an ICC trophy, this is the worst century <laughs> in terms of control percentage. Of course, I mean, uh, Umesh in place of Bumrah is a big downgrade for these conditions. Maybe in India, you don't feel it because in India, Umesh Adav is good. But in those conditions, you take out Bumrah and put Umesh, it's a big downgrade. So, the stat you're pointing out kind of stays that India's bowling was asking questions uh, of Travis Head. It just wasn't going to hand or... It wasn't leading to a wicket. As Rahul Dravid said that asking questions with wider lines. He also admitted that we didn't ball good lines. Australia actually drew fewer or less frequent false responses from India. But they were bowling straight. They were attacking the stumps better. 
which is why you got those wickets quicker than india did or icc broadcasters they showed you the release points of australia had taller bowlers and on a pitch with uneven bounce they utilized the uneven bounce better than india did I mean can we take anything away from Travis Head in spite of this statistic like it those balls are still meant to be hit and uh, that innings was the difference between the two sides right like he was the player of the match and uh, like it doesn't matter what the control percentage statistics says like uh, that innings was the difference between winning and losing for Australia no firstly i i i'm not saying the point is not to take anything away from head he played he he knew what he was doing he played an innings where he and his team were happy even if he had got out for four runs or for a duck they would have been happy because he had that intent he had that plan now it is a rare instance for that plan to come off for so long he could have been out on four he could have been out on 20 he could have been out on 40 which you can't say about steven smith smith was about 90% control so uh, i'm i'm not taking it away he made he made a conscious decision a mindful decision of taking risks if if they come off you saw the result if they didn't come off they were relying on smith and green to take them to whatever score a fighting score and even if they had scored 250 300 300 would have been a fighting score on, on that pitch with australian bowlers so that's it's it's not like luck is not the opposite of skill or whatever It's just that sometimes it helps you, sometimes it doesn't. He could have got out. I mean, he could have got out for duck, and then people would have been on his back. How can you play that shot? Who ask him only? No, why he's playing that shot? <laughs> We know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not taking any names. So, uh, getting into India's batting, right? Like I was talking to Vishal uh, uh, during the second day while India were batting, and. Uh, I was just telling him that like Rahane has ruined like India's long-term plans of moving on from uh, the current uh, top four or like the current uh, middle order at some level because uh, I was just telling him he's going to come in, he's going to score a fifty, it's going to be a fighting fifty, and like now you can't drop him at all. But why do you want him drop? If the point was to bring him uh, as an experienced hand for a one-off test. Right, like who's, who said that? I am saying that. No, I'm. I am trying to disappoint you. You are basing it on this assumption that he was brought back for one-off test. He's not. He's not forty-four. We have to. We have to act on the chief selector's behalf because he's missing. <laughs> How many selectors does India have now? Four. Four and no chairman. If he's playing well, he's looking good. He's in form. He's fit. Why? Why should he be dropped? But yeah, like given the same, uh, like given how you were talking about Travis Head and control percentages, right? Like Rahane also got like a fair share of luck in his score of eighty nine. Like uh, Pat Cummins overstepping, uh, a catch going to ground, and uh, he made the most of it eventually. And like we are not talking about him. Yeah, little bit of luck will go your way. Otherwise, on these conditions, you can't score hundreds. You pick up any innings. Virat Kohli's greatest. Summer in England in 2018, he was dropped four times before he started even started looking decent in the first innings itself. So a little bit of luck will go your way, but for that long is completely it's very rare. To give credit to Head, once you make that quick start, you get rid of uh, catching fielders also. So a, a couple of edges went through third slip. Why? Why did that happen? Because Head hit boundaries, and now India needed to protect the boundaries. So that's credit to him also. as i said i'm not taking away but that's that's the 
whole complex mechanism of our innings. And India, of course, India should have, India were not able to attack his stumps better. And he is, he loves wit and India gave him wit. Like on our show, uh, Manjrekar had uh, said that uh, India's bowlers, they were bowling at like say 135, 136 uh, as opposed to their usual pace of like around 140, 145. And uh, like I remember watching the final session of the first day and Siraj finally touched like 140, 141 in like his final few overs. Uh, does that have anything to do with India's bowling plans? But you could even argue that in spite of that, they tried to get Travis Head's wicket and like it was just his day that day. It's a two and a half hour session. The opposition is 200 for three. They are scoring runs everywhere. You will always... <laughs> you will always look for these things and these things will appear to you. See, I think I think I wouldn't blame the bowlers for that because even if they are gassed, they played two months of IPL. Shami and Siraj were the main bowlers for their teams. Before that, they played the Test Series the entire uh, season. So, if your pace drops, you can't really do anything. There was no time for them to, to recharge their batteries. But the issue would come down to one, the lines and even the lengths that Ricky Ponting also pointed out on, on commentary that when the conditions were overcast, which is primarily why India chose to bowl, they were also not pitching the ball up even when Head came out to bat in the first two ses- sessions before the sun came out and it became easier to bat on. A batsman like Head and all the other Australian batsmen who have grown up in Australia have a very good back foot game playing the cut and the pulls so if in the beginning only in conditions, in English conditions, where the ball will at least swing in the first session, if you're not pitching the ball up, then whether your pace is 135 or 145, it's not going to make that much of a difference, I think. About Umesh and Shardul, they were both injured during the IPL and they came into a test match without having gone through proper, I don't know, workload, gradual increase in the workload, I don't know what they did in the training but they were they were not like Shami and Siraj who were playing day in day out and they were like fully fit we knew they were fully fit uh, I'm sure if the management considers them you know worth picking them they must have tested them on fitness and they must have been satisfied but that's one thing where probably I don't know a game would have helped to a game where they could have bowled 15-20 overs a day before coming into this match. More than Shami and Siraj, Shardul and Umesh because they were they did not play the IPL, the second half of the IPL. So like do players need to be rested before a, a tournament final or do they need to be in rhythm and play every game? Uh, because we saw both sides of the argument, right? Like okay sure Australia were fresh but their bowling was damn rusty. Stark wasn't that great. Uh, Cummins bowled a bunch of no balls. Uh, opposite end of the spectrum, you could tell that Shami and Siraj and Omesh Yadav weren't really bowling at 100%. Like, what is the answer here? Do they have the choice? If they want to rest or if they want to play all the time? Some 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 bowlers might not have the choice to even play. If they want to play and IPL is going on, they probably can't play because they are not considered t And some are playing because their the franchise needs them. So, you have to assume that the team management knows what is best for the team and it's doing what is doing the best within their limitations to make sure that the best for the team happens. So, yeah, like let's uh, let's talk about like Chetasar Pujara here, right? Uh, 
the whole narrative around him was the fact that uh, he is not playing the IPL. Instead, he's preparing for the WTC final by going to England beforehand and playing the county championship. Like, however you prepare with that, I'm not sure how the process works. Uh, but then he again falls short in the final in a crunch game. And uh, at the other end, you had Rahane who played most of the IPL and came in and performed really well. And and we actually had hope. I don't know why, but we had hope going into the fifth day that uh, India would possibly put up a fight uh, on a day five pitch at the Oval. How has the summer been? Do you think he uh, he deserves to be picked for the upcoming series coming going forward? Uh, because he's not he's not done that well in the final, but he's got a pile of runs before that. Like especially given that we are calling for heads to roll now and we need fresh faces, uh, somebody has to give way to make room for those fresh faces. Like is that person going to be Pujara? Especially considering that he did not do well in the World Test Championship final. At least we should not, you know, just based on the number of runs, we shouldn't say this guy should be dropped. This guy, this guy has worked so hard and still failed, this guy has not worked hard and still succeeded. Look, Let's look at the ball that Pujara got. And I'll uh, I'll quote from Kartikeya Date's piece on his substack, cricketingview.substack.com. He has ball tracking data which he has collected over the years. The ball that Pujara and Gil got, they were almost identical in terms of where they were pitched and uh, the length and both the line. He says the ball that dismissed Gill and Pujara in the first innings were pitched 30cm outside off on a 6.8mm length for Pujara and 32cm outside off on a 6.9m length for Gill. Now he has gone and checked all the balls in that kind of uh, circle, small circle that were pitched, that, that are pitched right there in England and in his database there is 30 such balls. And only one has, one would have gone on to hit the stumps. So now that is a very reasonable leave. A one out of 30 event has happened to both of them against different bowlers on the same day. So uh, if that happens, you can't just ask, you can drop him. Who's the, the selection has to be, who's the new guy? Who's the guy who's pushing him out? That's how selection has to happen. Like the way you have made the argument, it just sounds like a series of unfortunate events came together and like it was the perfect storm in a way which prevented India from doing well in the World Test Championship final. See, now you're look. if I'm pointing it out, you're looking at it in an isolation or uh, as the primary reason for what happened. They might still have gone on to loss, but lose. But the point is that these things also make a difference for a batter especially. You're leaving a perfectly reasonable leave where the ball, where that ball was pitched, and then and it was a perfect outswinger release from Cameron Green. The seam was towards first slip. He had given it the outswinger release, and then it pitches and turns the other way. It's like, what do you do? The best you could do was maybe he could have you know covered his off stump with his bat. Maybe then there's a bit of doubt. The umpire maybe doesn't give it, and then the and then Austin. And then Australia don't review it. That's the only way. Otherwise, the leave was a fairly reasonable leave. Also, whether it's dropping Pujara or Rahane, are we talking about dropping someone after just one performance? A lot of people are saying, bring in young people. So who are you going to drop? Obviously, we're talking about batsmen right now. Will you drop Pujara 
because he scored much lower than Rahane. But we have to see the last few months as well. Whenever Pujara last played Test match, I think uh, against Australia at home, he was fairly okay. Before that, in Bangladesh, he scored a century. He scored 90-odd. In that one-off test in Birmingham, which was the fifth test of that older series, he scored a 60-odd. If you look at form, you look at the last few months or uh, the lo- or look at the last one and a half odd years. I think before that, he was not doing very well, which is why he would drop. he was dropped in the first place. But since he has come back, I don't think he has performed so badly that because of one match in which he scored a low scores that you drop him just because he was playing county. Whether he was playing county or sitting at home or whether Rahane was playing IPL, I think the expectations from both batsmen should be the same. And also, if you look at the, this World Test Championship cycle, India's batting as compared to the opposition batting in those matches, the top order has been doing equally or if not slightly better, they've been doing equally, equally well. So I just, if, if India had won this one match, all these questions would not have, I don't know if, who would have been raising these questions. The All these questions should be irrespective of a result in one match. If we are saying that, oh, Pujara Rahane are an inconvenience for the team and now they we can't even drop them, then we should be saying that even if India had won this match. This one match should not change it. Yeah, I think the one related point which Manjrekar said on our uh, video show was that India need to decide who their next batch of players is in batsmen. And that should be done irrespective of the result of this match. Although he said it after India lost because obviously questions will be asked. But do India know that, you know, what if tomorrow one of these is injured? Shreya Sayer is injured. Rishabh Pant has been out for, although a very weird reason. Uh, Bumrah has been injured. If one of these also gets injured, do, do you have a backup player or two, three backup players who can fill in? Because India plays so much domestic cricket, so much red ball cricket, uh, like any other top-playing country, do you have these players who are ready to to perform at the big stage? Are they being groomed? I know the A tours were have not been happening properly since the pandemic started, but that is the the, the question that should come irrespective of the result. When the pandemic was going on, I had heard that because India is not doing as much as other countries to you know get get this development back batches on tracks you will see this the consequences of it in three four years and we are seeing it we saw it when uh shreya sayar got injured whom did india pick india went for a punt total punt in surya kumar yadav that to me says that you don't have a conventional option that's why you went to surya kumar yadav and took such a big risk so these this absence of eight was uh, absence of this next batch which was working so well previously is beginning to show now and they need to do something about that and they need to get identify as uh, you said identify this next batch and identify a replacement for every spot that's how that's how smoothly it was working earlier that's why you had people who were ready you went in and they were ready because they were being groomed for that spot those in those conditions that's not happening that's not happened in the last Three years, four years. So, what is the story of the India A program, right? Like, everybody keeps saying that, oh, like, we had this thing going around that uh, helped groom talent. Uh, the only uh, example that I can remember off the top of my head is how uh, Mayank Agarwal was just brought in, right, in the middle of uh, uh, the Border Gavaskar series in 2018. 
he came in as an opener in seemingly foreign conditions but since he had the india experience he did really well uh, scored a 50 there and uh, like india did end up winning the series eventually right and uh, how did the india a program work like who was in charge like we know dravid was at the helm but uh, who were the other people in the structure that uh, kept the whole thing going and uh, how did that work dravid and uh, msk prasad msk prasad was a national selector who knew who 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 could tell rahul dravid that this is what we need as backer and so they would play people in those positions only and groom them in eight hours and eight hours also used to happen in the same conditions like one month before that when india went to england in 2018 rishabh pant was on the eight hour which used to be called the shared hours and he was just immediately brought from there into the test team so that's that's how much india were doing most of these tours used to be in the places where india is expected to tour next and everybody was getting game time against good bowlers in those conditions and a match time no net sessions can prepare you for match situations so you, there was this competitive match happening where they were scoring runs taking wickets mohammad siraj came from a to us and he was ready when he made his debut in australia of course navdeep saini was there he has got injured but it, india had these uh, both batters and bowlers who were ready the, uh, ms kaprasad told me that he had a replacement in mind for every slot who was ready so anybody gets injured any time we can send that we can send a player who's ready it's not like you will have to play surya kumar yadav who hardly plays ranji trophy do we know then why these a2s have not resumed since the since things have opened up see you brought up uh, ms k prasad right and he was the chief selector then uh, there is no chief selector now is that partly the problem here see chief selector has a bigger role than the head coach but uh, much less pay and <laughs> much more <laughs> accountability and everybody just piles on the chief selector and they check their experience and and because they can be thrown out any time that's why we don't have good people applying for the role who will want to do that when they can make much more money sitting in a commentary box where they will not be held to account where they don't have to go anywhere and work for 4 hours in an ipl match and go home and make much more money and nobody can fire you just like that without giving reasons that is one part the selectors is definitely one part apart from selectors the other thing is the board somehow you know virat kohli ravi shastri rahul dravid ms kaprasad that team which was the leadership team for india in the last when india reached its peaks they benefited from maybe a little less red tape and they could get things done quickly and uh, the committee of administrators who who didn't who didn't have experience of this and they just relied on their word they made things happen much better much smoother in a much smoother manner than perhaps this board who are seasoned who are career administrators now and they have their own ideas and their own their own thoughts so what i am hearing is uh, this is something that was uh, so long term that it cannot be fixed in the upcoming cycle right it will take 2 years to take hold and then we'll see the results of it in the next cycle or if there is one what should be the plan of action going forward right like the narrow minded view would be look at the west indies tour and figure out which new faces you want right but uh, if you had to think broadly and see how to get the whole system working again like how would you start i want to ask one question before that also <laughs> related to that that whenever since this of this was a final an icc final that whenever a world cup gets over whether 50 overs or 20 overs 
and whether you won it or lost you immediately lo look ahead to the next uh title of that format and then you plan accordingly that do we have a captain who we want to carry forward with because of age form and whatever it may be should india think like that already about rohit sharma also because captaincy in all formats is not easy whether it's workload whether it's injuries which have plagued rohit sharma a lot in the last two years he's not played a lot of wtc matches in the last couple of years so is that something india should think about to give a new captain consistency going forward who is going to make that decision i think the decision is going to come from a chairman of selectors and the head coach right even the head coach is not head coach's contract is ending with the world cup i think so how can how can he think about it and the chair of chairman of selectors doesn't even exist <laughs> so <laughs> like earlier so you know what earlier there was when virat kohli was captain ravi shastri was coach rahul dravid was the developmental sides coach and msk prasad was the chairman of selectors there was no confusion in what everybody's authority what everybody's line of chain is everybody was doing that now nobody knows a chairman of selectors doesn't know if he'll be fired when he'll be fired why he'll be fired of course rahul dravid is a much bigger name so you can't do that to him but his contract he doesn't know like already there should be talks with rahul dravid first of all appraisal of rahul dravid then if you are happy with his performance you should ask him will you continue after the world cup if not you should start looking for a coach now and if and this test cycles odi cycles are going to be completely different so i they should start thinking of a separate test coach and a limited overs coach because this test cycle reset should happen now this west indies tour will not be part of the future plans because nobody is thinking of that future now there'll be a similar team going there maybe one or two changes and then they will start thinking of the wtc cycle after that when india plays the next test series which will be after the world cup we don't know who the coach will be we know don't know who the captain will be we don't know who the selector will be so you spoke of like the four three four people in charge right like dravid uh, shastri kohli and uh, msk prasad uh, who are in charge of india a the development program the main team and selection uh, how was the system before uh the period you're talking about like before 2018 how did things work out and uh, is what we are seeing right now in 2023 similar to what existed before 2018 i think bef- before that it, there was much less cricket with so much more cricket happening it's become a little more you know all over the place now but generally the principles were same the selectors would you know base your selections on how they saw you in ranji trophy and it was why it was came in was it was it was uh, considered that ranji trophy to test cricket was too big a jump let's you know let's give them a step in between which is a tours that's how the a tours started so uh, taking forward everything you guys have said right the way i like what my understanding is we don't need like an owen morgan type rebuild uh, when england went through that whole phase of figuring out how to play white ball cricket back in 2015 uh, the problem is you can't even compare it to that rebuild because uh, india have made it to the tournament final or at least to the knockout stage of every single icc tournament or almost every single icc tournament right over the last 10 years and uh, 
all the stuff that we see on social media or even in the media in general of uh, commentators being reactionary or fans uh, wanting tournament success like yeah it's a lot of noise to cut through and all the noise is revolving around like moments right was that shot on should uh, kohli have gone after that ball or uh, does the ipl hinder test success like all of these things seem to be the noise uh, around what could be a bigger problem in the structure of the way we do cricket in india and no you need a i think you need to evolve from that it was back it, that was with back in 2018 it worked from 2018 to 2020 but now you have to evolve even further you have to get a separate coaching staff for tests and separate for white forms you need to have a director of cricket who is the bridge between all these coaches and the board so that they don't have to worry about organizing it was we want to go there we want this we want that the director knows what is required and the director also has the power to demand certain performance from them and it's not whimsical if you are out in a world cup you randomly fire a selector or somebody who who's disposable right so there has to be a system there have to be a, there has to be responsibilities accountable you just have to get professional and about commentators i without taking any names i just i would just like to say that and also us the media we are always commentating or writing to the result the same shot if kohli plays and middles it people go ah 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 he is king of cover drive and all but he plays so or the many one like that yeah. he plays so many such the shots the one that pujara played yeah over the exactly. he was trying over the three fifth pujara shot was fine or something wrong with that no nothing was wrong with any shot yeah. to find flaws with batting is you are not getting to the root of the what happened in the match if you are just looking at batting there were people actually seeing things on the on day 4 when kohli was looking good they were already starting to say cc he is not committing <laughs> <laughs> then he got out on 49 and then he's played the most horrible shot it just don't go by results see see what is happening why does he move forward because he that's his most productive shot he wants to play it and he wants to be close to the ball to be playing it and he has scored thousands of runs with that shot and he's he had that great 2018 summer playing these shots only and there were only like five six people who were saying see this he played the same in 2014 he playing is playing the same he, got, he was unlucky in 2014 he is lucky in 2018 at the end of the day two people results will matter but 80% of the times uh, the results will be the same to the will be consistent with the process but if it is not you just don't go by results yeah. four days nobody says anything and when the final when it is confirmed india will lose then people start saying there is now nobody nobody can prove you wrong it's just like that uh, rohit sharma and the pull love story till he is hitting sixes with that pull it's absolutely fine and the ball he gets out playing a pull or a hook why is he playing that shot yeah correct it's it's the, they are making decisions and they are making the best decisions for themselves and their team very rare times it can be like obviously wrong like let's say t20s india the way india play t20s is obviously wrong but most of the times it's they are not wrong like even the selection of ashwin i don't think i mean even if they played ashwin instead of mesh it wouldn't have made such a big difference that it would have won india the test if like it's not like it was not a pitch where you know a spinner was going to run through a side and india were not playing because there was shardul india were not playing four number 11s 
part of the reason to choose this topic for the pod was uh, to see whether you can cut through the noise about how India should rebuild their test side going forward. Like that has been answered. The other part is to ask whether the World Test Championship finally even matters, right? Because ultimately, I am going to remember the bilateral victories more. Like I'm going to remember GABA more than the fact that India lost to New Zealand in the final. Is the final year irrelevant, right? Like, or even the Australia hype or the Australia media machinery was using it as as a warm up game for the Ashes coming up. When India went there two years ago, um, it was kind of sort of a warm up for the upcoming English summer, right? Because we played our best cricket at that point of time in that uh, in the four matches that took place then, and the World Test Championship final was b- merely a warm up for that series. Yeah, it's the nature of cricket fans; they just want a final for everything. Even in the Indian Premier League, it's it's a really difficult league to top first of all, and then then they are put through that difficult playoffs period, and then they have the final. So I mean, if you have already topped that league, you should be you are the best side, and more so with uh, WTC because it has taken two years, six bilateral series each. This one final is not going to prove anything. It's not going to make you a bad team, and it's not going to make you a good team. It's just this cricket's fixation with having finals. I mean, look at all the football leagues. Yeah, they they play a league like Indian Premier League only, but they don't have finals. Their best team is the team that tops the league. These two finalists, as Karthik wrote in the batch preview, are the best test sides of the last decade. They are in the final. WTC has done its job. Beyond that, who wins, who loses, it doesn't matter that much to me. But again, on the on the flip side, it gives an incentive to a lot of teams who don't have the other incentive to play Test cricket, like India, Australia, England. They have the incentive to play Test cricket monetarily, financially. It's viable. For other teams, that it is not viable, it gives a another push to their boards to. Focus more on Test cricket. That is one big difference. That you know, culminating it in a big event and crowning a World Test champion makes. And I'm sure it makes a big difference to teams like New Zealand, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, South Africa. It's a big motivation for them to make it that far. The financial award, the the recognition, and that because it's not easy for their boards to keep investing in Test cricket. I think. that gives them a motivation to do that i think it works very well for the viewers which is what monga is saying that they want to watch a final or semi finals in the ipl or playoffs that they are called which at least have moved on from knockouts to playoffs and uh, the other point that monga was making was that at least in the first wtc final itself you had a new zealand which is not from the big 3 playing in the final so that is a great thing for uh, for test cricket in general not just for new zealand cricket who are not among the richest boards in the world and i guess the question does it matter or not especially before an ashes or before an english summer whether it's india england or any other series comes up mainly because it's a one off match there's no the build up is very short the hangover time is very short the one off test doesn't really do much whether for the players obviously the losing captain when he's saying that it should have been a three match series that's not a surprise and it doesn't even sound sound like an excuse to me to be honest to make it better obviously a three match final series will be much better but will the calendar allow that will the ipl allow that and all those things 
only time will tell us. Will the will all the T20 leagues and how they're squeezing Test cricket in between them allow that? We'll never know. I mean, we'll know with time. Well, that's the thing. The three-match series problem, right? Uh, the way, if you had to look at other sports, right? The way the NBA does it is... Uh, they play a league system throughout the year and uh, the top-seeded teams, right, they get home court advantage. So they have more matches played at home during the playoffs and the playoffs are a best of seven. So if you're doing a best of three, then you could maybe give the top team, like the number one ranked team for that cycle, home uh, test advantage, right, and have two matches in their home. But, uh, like, you don't usually do that, right? You don't fly in and out in between a series, uh, from one venue, from one country to another. So, plus, there's the whole calendar issue, right? We don't know how to fit this into the final FTP uh, schedule. No, the one thing that can be done is if, and again, it's always a tussle in the calendar. They can make it a 28-month cycle instead of a 24-month cycle, so that other countries also get to host the final. Right now, it's only happening in England because in June. There's no other country where you can play cricket. And June is the only window right now they can find. So, it's a, it's not a perfect tournament, but it, ICC deserves credit for coming up with it, for finding a, finding a window in the calendar in it, and doing all the bells and whistles that they add to it, and they added to it in the final during the last week. So they did a great job of marketing it, of putting together people, giving it visibility. And it's not really financially viable to do that. So kudos to them for still finding a way to have something, some place for it in the calendar. Yeah, I think before it actually got executed, one of the reasons why it hadn't happened for a long time was because the broadcasters were not in favour, right? They were saying white ball cricket fetches us way more money. So there's no real need for this. So as a fan, at least I'm very happy that at least it's happening because... There were so many reports about 10 years ago or something that this is in the works, but it's just not happening. And when you have, when you get a World Test Championship champion, you have to take it in perspective of, you know, looking at the last 3-4 years and who's, and not equate the World Test Championship champions with the best team and best test game in the world. Which right now might be the case because Australia in the last 2 years have travelled well too. They managed to win a test in India, which is like next to impossible these days. So, they might be the best team in the world right now. Last time, New Zealand was a little doubtful because uh, they they stand they stood and they didn't stand they don't stand any chance of winning in India. Whereas, like India will do better than them in most away conditions. So that needs that credit should needs to be given to India that over the last four years they have if you put all four years. Since the World Test Champions started, they have been the best test team in the world. Well, that's a positive note to end on, especially if you're an India fan, uh, that all is not doom and gloom and there are things that definitely need to be addressed, but they can be fixed. So thank you, Sid, and thank you, Vishal, for joining Stump Mike on this discussion. If you liked what you listened to, then please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if it's on Spotify, then leave a rating. It really helps with growing the podcast listenership. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you again soon. 